Hello, everybody, and thank you for joining me once again for a podcast and a live stream. I'm here today with the owner of Glamour Salon out of Salem, Oregon, that was forced to close down her business due to the COVID-19, yet decided to defy those orders so that she could provide not only a a working environment for her employees or independent contractors, actually, uh, but also the, the ability to be able to create a livelihood for her family. Uh, here joining me now is Lindsay Graham. Lindsay, thank you so, so much for joining me today. How are you do- doing during all this? I'm a little stressed, <laughs> but otherwise great. So walk me through the steps a little bit. You were forced to close down back in uh, in March, like I think most uh, businesses were. Uh, how long have you owned the Glamour Salon there in Oregon? I opened Glamour Salon on May 5th of 2009, which ironically uh, makes my reopening uh, on May 5th of this year, my 11 year anniversary, which I was unaware of until the night before. So I've owned it for 11 years and I've always had independent contractors. We've had a couple different locations, but otherwise it's been a very successful business for my husband and I. So you're, you're doing what the American dream is. You're being an entrepreneur. You're doing something that you love and also providing a way for individuals that also love uh, doing, doing that type of salon work, which my, my wife absolutely desperately needs. And she's finally got an appointment this week <laughs> waiting for uh, the opportunity to be able to go get the touch-up stuff that so many ladies love to do. Yes. Uh, you've done that. You've worked yes. hard and you built this business. And then what was your initial reaction to the forced shutdown there in Oregon? Well, I had already taken about four weeks starting March 6th. I'd had a baby. And so I had planned to take four weeks off to be with my baby and um, was decently okay with knowing that, well, maybe we'd be closed for a couple more weeks and I would just get more time with my baby and that's okay. Uh, But when the dates kept getting pushed off and there was no dates and it was undisclosed, my husband and I both started stressing out because, you know, we don't just own the salon. We own six um, other businesses and they were all deemed non-essential. And that is our livelihood completely are these businesses. So we started, we started stressing around the second week of closure and um, had spent all this time applying for all the loans and unemployment and PPP. And at that point, and even two more weeks after that, we had not seen a dime from the government. So we were really stressing out and uh, not not real sure how this was going to go for us. So I know uh, Kate Brown there is your governor. Had you been a supporter of hers? I know people don't necessarily like to get political, but I really believe that this is political, what some of these governors are doing. Did you vote for Kate Brown? I did not vote for Kate Brown. And, you know, you're right. I actually try to stay pretty um, neutral in the, in politics because I feel like, I can't research everything. I don't have time. And so sometimes I don't, I don't want to say things I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, you know, but I did not vote for Kate Brown. And it's become very clear that most of uh, Oregon does not support Kate Brown. Yeah. The, the fact that I believe the last statistics that I saw showed that Oregon state was 40th in the country for COVID-19 viruses, uh, virus infections. Yet she has extended the lockdown into July um, what were your thoughts when you heard about her extending that lockdown? Uh, that that's absolutely ridiculous. The numbers don't add up. Everyone knows it. I don't understand how she thought she could do that and we wouldn't see right through it. Um, the only thing I can think of is that, 
and now I've been told that she did it to just receive more money, uh, more federal funding. If we are in a, if we're in a, a state of emergency, still she gets more money. So um, that seems to me like that could be an underlying uh, reason. Other than that, our numbers do not at all reflect being in lockdown for two more months. Yeah, no, they don't. And, and I also understand your desire to kind of stay neutral politically, especially being in the service industry, where you, especially being in Oregon, where you've got to see people, you've probably <laughs> got to see a lot of liberals uh, as well as conservatives. Maybe they're more under the radar. Have you heard any feedback from individuals that maybe did vote for Kay Brown, that maybe do, do more lean to the left politically? Have you heard any support from them during this time? and Or have you heard also what their thoughts are on these lockdown measures? No, I would say in regards to the liberal, you know, agenda, I am, I am the enemy and I've, I've had probably no support from that. I don't, I don't know if you necessarily need to support Kate Brown to, to, to be a liberal, but um, it's been very clear that once this story reached, you know, national levels, there was way more support coming in from the conservative side. Um, I don't know what the correlation is between why liberals think I don't need to work and why conservatives think I do need to work. Um, it's to me, it shouldn't be a topic of discussion whether a person needs to work. I believe it's a basic human right that a person needs to work to pay for their bills and their food and, you know, their livelihood. So it's interesting that that political parties have somehow chosen a side about whether or not I have the right to work. Yeah, it is very interesting to see those things surface uh, as far as how other individuals feel like we should be able to conduct our, our, our daily lives and actually, actually live our lives. Right. Uh, so walk me through this. So you, you decided to reopen your store. And what, what happened? I know uh, the, the, uh, the orders for you to shut down took place. There were some fines and then CPS. But walk me through it. Once you decided to reopen your doors, what began to take place? Uh, a multitude of state organizations began coming after me, ones that didn't even have the authority to. So it seemed as though Kate Brown kind of said in a secret press meeting, who who wants to go after Lindsey Graham? <laughs> How can we find a way to go after Lindsey Graham? Because the, before I even opened, OSHA paid me a visit and threatened me with a $70,000 fine just, just to open my doors. And that was their way of strong arming me to not even open. Um, and then they started conducting an official investigation into me. And that is what led to the $14,000 fine because OSHA, who has no jurisdiction over my salon, deemed my independent contractors as employees, which they are not. And so issuing me a citation in any form is unlawful because I'm, I'm not creating a dangerous and hazardous workplace for employees. I don't have employees here. So the entire citation is going to be fought by my OSHA attorney, George Goodman. And OSHA is also attempting to shut me down by saying that if I don't close my doors within three days of the citation going on record, they will be able to issue me a second citation. And what's completely unlawful about that is that I'm due I'm due my due process. We we are going to fight the citation. So if you shut me down while I'm fighting that citation, it gets thrown out. You've just cost me, you know, another two weeks or month worth of work. That's that's illegal. I'm due my I'm due my appeal and I'm due my my due process. So 
they're just overreaching in so many ways. And I, I can't believe they're not even trying to do it legally. <laughs> so OSHA comes in, says, oh, we're going to treat all these people as employees. We're going to give you this, this citation. When is the when was the official the first citation? You said you had three days to comply. When was that first citation given to you? Well, they spoke with my attorney on Friday and said that they will be issuing the citation. And oh, I'm sorry, that was Thursday night. Friday morning was the press conference announcing that I was issued the citation. And I was told by my attorney that they tried to issue it while I was doing my press conference so that, I don't know, they could beat me to the punch or it could be their win. I don't, I don't understand. But um, at this time, I'm not sure how the citation is, you know, delivered or, or whatnot. So perhaps we've received it if it comes certified mail. My attorney is handling everything for me, uh, which I very much appreciate. But I, I believe it's been issued or it will be issued today. So this sounds a whole heck of a lot like what most patriotic Americans, mostly conservatives, talk about with big government overreach and oversight. It seems like they're doing everything they can to try to shut you up. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, the big bombshell right now, of course, isn't the OSHA fine. The big bombshell is that, you know, CPS came to my home. And I know everybody knows that by now. Um, the fact that another state government agency came to my home three days after I opened my, my doors, after I wouldn't come down, is too much of a coincidence. So, you know, there has to be a correlation of, of, some, of some sort. And where that authority came down from, where that direction came down from, I don't know. Um, but it seems to me that that's the state, of course, trying to come at me guns a-blazing and, and really hit me where it hurts, which is my family, of course. Um, and now they've actually um, issued um, a warning and a threat to myself and some of my stylists from the health licensing office that they can revoke our licenses, um, issue us a Class C misdemeanor, or charge us up to $50,000 per day that we're operating. So they've wow. sent that email out to, to my... Yeah, to the independent contractors and myself. And at that point, they're threatening not just our ability to make money this week. They're threatening our ability to provide for our family the rest of our lives because we have built our businesses into being, you know, hairstylists, cosmetologists. Um, taking that license away is taking our entire our entire career. So that's a that's a pretty substantial threat. And um, it's pretty, pretty discouraging that the state is, is continuing to come after me for such a small reason. The reason being that I just, I need to make a living. Um, so I'm, I'm really disappointed in how our government's treating this whole thing. I mean, it is, it is so tyrannical to me. They're going after and targeting you because you decided to open up your business to be able to provide for your family. You hadn't received any of the assistance that the government has been put out. Uh, you probably didn't qualify for maybe the PPP, PPP. You don't have employees. You have independent contractors. There's a lot of independent contractors that I know of that didn't qualify uh, and have slipped through the cracks. Mm -hmm. And now big government is literally threatening to take away your business that you've spent 11 years building. Yes, yes. And um, it'd be one thing if if I has if I had made an, an anti-government you know, tyrannical move myself and said, I'm going to open up uh, a store or a business 
that could potentially spread COVID-19 in masses. But I didn't because Kate Brown said it's okay for big box super stores to stay open. And it'd be nice if they maybe had six feet distancing guidelines, which they're not. They're not able to enforce hundreds of people in their stores. And I'm wanting to open up a salon that serves three to four people per stylist per day safely, already following sanitation and and safety guidelines. We have a COVID-19 sanitation procedure already in place written by an OSHA executive. And I don't understand the wrath that's, that's come out for me because I'm not doing anything that's truly dangerous. If, if we are, if we're truly worried about the spread of COVID-19, why isn't OSHA going after superstores that, that see hundreds and hundreds of people daily? They're not wearing gloves. They're not wearing masks. They're not sanitizing every item in that store. There's thousands of items in that store. They're not even sanitizing the, the shopping carts. I've gone. So there, there's an underlying agenda here and, and I'm not meeting it. So, so I'm the target. So let me, let me get into a little bit what you said, cause it really just flabbergasted me when I saw that in your video and shared it yesterday. I think it's been over 2 million views so far on Facebook. Uh, the fact that CPS shows up at your door, how many kids do you have? Three. I have a six year old boy, a three year old girl. A six-year-old boy, a three-year-old girl, and we have a a 10-week-old newborn boy. Yeah, that's right. You said you just had a baby. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you. So you shared that CPS questioned your son. I assume it's your six-year-old son. They questioned your son without a parent present? Yes, and trust me, I asked multiple times to be in the room. I thought that was extremely weird that a man would go into my son's bedroom and question my child without me. Um, so I confirmed two or three times, I can't be in the room. What if I don't look at him? What if I don't speak? What if, you know, what if I'm just there and he can't see me? Um, nope. He insisted that he question him by himself. So to this day, we will never know what he said to my child. Wow. What did your son say? Did your son share anything that he might have said or try to relay any message of, of what questions he was asked? Nope. I tried to get some information out of him, but I, I think he, you know, kind of blew it off as luckily he's a real happy-go-lucky kid. I think he just thought, oh, I'm answering some questions for someone. And he didn't really retain what was asked. And I tried to ask him in different forms, what did the man say to you? And he just kept saying like a six-year-old, I don't know. I mean, that could have been very traumatizing. I, I don't even think that's legal. I, I really don't. I think you should look, I, into some, uh, uh, look, look to an attorney. Have you looked to an attorney to find out? I don't believe that's legal. I have received multiple emails from different um, CPS advocates, people that advocate for the parents, and I was told that that was not lawful. I actually was told I don't even have to legally let them in my home, but... It, it was illegal for him to insist on questioning my child alone. I had every right to be in the room with him. And so we will not make that mistake with my daughter. He left the home saying he still wanted to make contact with my three-year-old daughter. And that is absolutely not going to happen knowing wow. what they have put me through already. And uh, not without an attorney and not without an advocate and surely not with, not without me in the room. Um, so knowing now what I know, I'm disappointed that, 
He wasn't even fair about sharing with me my rights. Um, he trampled completely all over my rights. And, and he did so knowingly because I allowed him into my home. He didn't knock on the door on Monday and say, hey, I'm back to check this out. I invited him back because at the time I thought, well, this is a false claim. I, I didn't really, you know, correlate it with everything that was going on with my business. I, I thought, when, how could this be related? Um, I wanted him in my home. I wanted him to see that my children were clean and fed and happy and bathed and my home was clean and cared for. And I thought, as soon as he comes in and sees this, this case will be closed and this can be something I need to, you know, put aside and, and be one less stress that I'm dealing with. But that is not how it went. He came in guns a blazing as if there was a genuine cause for concern in my home and leaving my home. He made a phone call and I don't know who that phone call was to out in his car. And, and that's a little suspicious. And then he came back in and said, you know, we still need to do some more investigating into you and your husband. And we still need to make contact with your three-year-old daughter. And that's when I started getting concerned because at this point, there are children out there who really need help, who are really being abused, who are really being malnourished. And CPS is wasting their time. I can promise you that hiding me when there are children out there who actually need to be saved. And that is, that's more disheartening than anything else. This has to be absolutely infuriating for every parent out there for them to show up uh, unwarranted for any, any factual reason. So it sounds like somebody just issued a, a, a statement or it sounds like they're saying somebody claimed that your children were in danger. So they show up right at the same time mm -hmm. that all this is taking place with your salon. OSHA is showing up at your house. Did you feel fearful that they would find a way to actually take away your children? Yes, yes, I, I still am. Honestly, this is a, a pretty big vendetta that the government is placing against me. And they even went so far as to leave the forms about my rights. And what if what happens when your children are removed from your home? And what are the next steps? And I lost it. I started bawling in front of this, this CPS worker. And, you know, he apologized for the stress, but he did nothing to alleviate it. Um, he did nothing to say, look, you know, there's no concerns here. You don't need to worry about that. I, I'm terrified. Honestly, I go home at night after work and I'm thinking, gosh, we need to get, you know, some kind of better security in our home and, and, and everything I do is under scrutiny. And I'm, I'm kind of living in a, in a, a world of paranoia right now because I don't know where the next hit is going to come from. And when it hits your home and they're at your front door and they're talking to your children, that is terrifying. And it makes you wonder what else is the government capable of? Well, it, it is definitely a, uh, a hard thing to imagine that uh, an American business owner that would try to just open her doors in a state with hardly with the 40th least amount of cases of this virus uh, is just trying to provide a, a livelihood for herself and her independent contractors as well could have the government literally step in your state and local government step in with these other organizations to just threaten you in this manner. What would you say to other business owners out there that may be seeing what's taken place with you? I know we have Shelly, the salon owner in Dallas. I know I did a report on some business owners that own a gym in New Jersey. 
uh, that they reopened and they mm-hmm. they said they're going to reopen every single day regardless of the uh, of the uh, the fl- the fallout. What would your what would your recommendation be to other business owners that are out there that literally are trying to just make ends meet and are not or very close to not putting food on the table or paying bills that need to be paid? Is what you're going through right now with your family, with your children, is it worth it? It's it's going to be worth it to secure the future for my children, to to stand up against a government who tells you your new constitutional rights are within my authority. That I can't I can't picture my children living in a world like that. So every day I wake up, I pray about this journey, and I, I pray that you know that my platform is the same, and that you know we will prevail because if we if we stop fighting, we tell them that we will obey in the future should they choose to do this. They scared us into doing it. We never should have. We never should have closed our businesses down. We should have said, I'm sorry, that's not within your right, and I'm going to keep making my living because I need to. But they scared us, and they threatened us, and they're still doing it. They're doing it to me, and they're trying to make an example out of me so that no one else will do it. But in the end, should I be victorious that will help me sleep at night knowing I did make a living for my family for this last two weeks. I did stand up to a government who has no authority to take away our livelihood. And I hope that by standing up, the government will never try to do and put more families into bankruptcy, suicide, depression, you know, hunger. Um, The ramifications of what they did are far greater than the ramifications of COVID-19. And if we can all see that um, and we can remedy that, then this will all have been worth it. And I would tell that to any other business owner, open your doors, take the risk. America will be behind you like they were behind me. And I will be behind any business that tries to open their doors and gets flack on harassment from the government because we have power in numbers. And right now there's, you know, three numbers, me, Shelly Luther, and the gym. Those aren't very big. We need people to stand up with us because the government cannot take all of us down. They can't close everyone down. They can't fine everyone and they can't pull everyone's licenses. So, you know, it's really important to support, you know, these businesses that are opening, um, you know, verbally, monetarily, prayer wise, important that um, other people step up and, and, and try to fight this as well. Well, I absolutely agree with you. And I do think that you will win. I think that you'll prevail. Uh, I hope it's not too long and an enduring process for you, but uh, I do believe that you're on the right side of history. Uh, what is, what is impending right now? Like, what are you waiting for? Is your business open today? My business is open today and we are uh, waiting just more information on the OSHA fine and how that's going to go in court. And at this point, we've also been threatened by the health licensing office that they will take or suspend our licenses if we continue to work, uh, which I also believe they do not have the right or jurisdiction to do that um, because we're not breaking any laws. We are opened against a government mandate, but that we are not doing anything illegal. And um, the 20th, which is on Wednesday, uh, our county gets reanalyzed to see if our county can reopen. 
And she reopened every single county in Oregon except for two, Marion and Polk. So I could drive 20 minutes down the freeway and do hair. And Kate Brown says that that's perfectly safe. But I can't do it in this salon, which is a licensed sanitized facility because of the county that it's in. It makes absolutely no sense. So we're just waiting to see who is um, just bullying and, and flexing and, and, you know, tough, tough arming me. Or we're waiting to see if someone else is going to come at us with some other, you know, illegal or illegitimate fine or citation. Well, I'm sure that you're going to have plenty of bills racked up. Do you have a GoFundMe page or some way that people can support you in this fight? Uh, yes. Someone uh, about a month ago, well, I guess about two weeks ago, set up a GoFundMe. Uh, I believe you can search on Facebook. It's just GoFundMe Lindsey Graham. And yes, I am paying my attorneys. Um, have a whole team of attorneys now that are going to fight everything for me and take this as far as we need to take it um, to avoid government overreach yet again in our future for America. So yes, um, the GoFundMe has been, is going to be very, very helpful. And, you know, support is very helpful. Prayers are extremely appreciated. And um, David, I know that you're kind of buddy, buddy with President Trump. So if you could give him a word and maybe have him come to my rescue, that would be great. (laughs) I know he sees a lot of my material and videos. He watches. I've uh, I've been to the the White House and the Oval Office. Uh, I can't say we're on f- first name f- or phone call basis, though. I don't have his number, but I'll do my best to try to give <laughs> him this message. I'm sure he'll see it. Uh, and I think that America has your back. I have your back. I think that everybody watching or listening right now should absolutely search Lindsey Graham. And that's just how it sounds. No uh, crazy spelling in Lindsey and Graham, like the senator. Just. Just Lindsey and Graham. And um, I do have a public page. I've had to lock down my private Facebook page for obvious reasons. So I have a Lindsey Graham uh, public figure page if they want to follow the story. That's where I do most of uh, my updates. So Good. Well, I hope that uh, you get all the support that you need. You are fighting on behalf of all Americans. We all absolutely need uh, individuals like you with the courage to stand up against tyranny, which is exactly what you're doing. Uh, we need to follow your lead and support you. Uh, I know you asked for prayers. I have a big praying audience, so we're going to be praying for you as well. And let me just ask you one last question. Thank you. As far as you know, businesses are being deemed non-essential like yours. Churches are also being deemed non-essential as well. What, what would you have to say to the people out there that can't get to church because, and they'd love to go, but churches are, have been deemed non-essential, mostly in these Democrat-controlled states? It's really hard to get on board with virtual anything. Um, everything kind of went virtual when they did the lockdown. And, you know, I'm, I'm part of an organization called Family Building Blocks that I love to donate to. And it's for, um, you know, children in foster care and, and keeping families together to avoid foster care and, you know, adoption processes. And, you know, some of their fundraising events are all, you know, virtual now. And it's really hard to be disconnected from the human race. We, God made us to be together you know that's how adam and eve happened he said man should not be alone and the government is facing or is forcing us to be alone which is probably what's caused a rate you know a rise in depression and suicides and i think that you know god gave us our right to meet and gather and praise him and worship and i don't think the government can step on that and i don't think we should allow the government to step on that because 
we all know that God is bigger than the government. Uh, he is bigger than all of this. And if, if we defy the government, do we not think that, that God's going to have our back because that's what's right? Um, again, I don't want to sound like I'm trying to cause an uprise or, a, or an anarchy, but God gave us the right to gather in his name and the government cannot take that away. And if we go against that, he will have our back. So I say, gather, pray, worship, um, take back what's ours. That's that's something that should never have been stripped from us. 110% agree with you. Such a great word. Well, Lindsay, thank you so, so much for spending a little bit of your day with us, for sharing what's going on inside of your life, for hopefully opening up the eyes of millions of Americans to understand what true governmental overreach and big bus big business, what big government will do to small businesses if they're given the opportunity. Your story is not uh, unlike so many other millions of businesses around the country that have been forced to shut down, but your story is unlike many that uh, have chosen to stay locked down. You're fighting for America, you're fighting for your constitutional rights, and we support you 100%. Thank you so much. That means the world to me. Well, we're going to continue to pray for you, Lindsay. God bless you. Uh, I'll stay I'll stay tuned to what's taking place. Uh, and if anything crazy breaks, let me know. I want to help uh, shine a light on exactly what's going on in your life and with your business. All right. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Thank you so much. Bye-bye.